Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. and welcome to episode 54 of the communication coach i hope you're all well having a great day whatever you're doing and today's episode is titled how to have a difficult conversation so i've been reflecting on life in general this week after having some conversations with friends and family and a lot of them have struggled with or appear to be struggling with i should say rather than have appear to be struggling with how to have a difficult conversation and difficult conversations can be anything they can be from kids if you're coming home and you have to break the bad news to your parents that you haven't done quite as well in your exams as that you'd anticipated or perhaps you have money worries perhaps there's something that's bugging you perhaps it's an honest conversation or a difficult conversation that you want to have at work where you feel that you're not being treated fairly or you're a boss of somebody and you want them to improve their work ethic or it could be around relationship problems perhaps you're having a problem with your partner perhaps you want to leave your partner or perhaps they've just left you and there's a lot of difficult conversations that are being had that are very emotionally driven So I guess let's start off with what is a difficult conversation. So we'll all have a different meaning for this in our own lives and live into what we believe to be true. So I was thinking about my time in the police and as a negotiator and what those difficult conversations looked like for me. So for me, my worst or most difficult conversation ever was to tell somebody, especially a parent, that their child had died. So they were called death messages and you would be sent to speak to the family or friends to let them know that a loved one had died. And they were the most challenging, difficult conversations that I have ever had in my life. Yes, you, you know, breaking up with somebody I found was incredibly difficult when you have that honest conversation, telling my parents things about me. Their difficult conversations, I remember when I was 16, telling my mum that I was smoking and expecting, you know, a horrific backlash. Of course, when you're a parent, you already know when your kid's smoking, but when you're the kid, you don't know that your parents know that you're smoking (laughs) and all the other things that go with parent and childhood interactions on a day-to-day basis, which I always find fascinating now as a 50-year-old, but as a 15-year-old, you always think that you're the first person in the world to ever have lived through that and then as a 50 year old you realize that actually people are doing that every day and my mum and dad knew a lot more about my childhood life than they ever let on because they knew that I had to live my own experiences and and grow into the person that I was going to become and I'm still growing into by the way it doesn't (laughs) stop at 50 and you know that you get different life experiences as you move forward So I remember those conversations. I remember building conversations up in my head that, uh, you know, when I remember talking to my mum about some personal things and having a real build-up of conversation in my head about that and how she was going to react, how my dad would react. And and all of it was completely unfounded and completely (laughs) untrue. But I'd built that up into my head. I remember having to have difficult conversations at work, perhaps um, with a team member that I'd been managing 
around their performance and and going around that and then just general conversations that the ones where you don't think they're going to be difficult and suddenly they turn into a difficult conversation because the way that they've been interpreted is not quite the way that you meant or perhaps you said them in a way that you didn't mean at the time but it came out in, in an emotional conversation rather than a logical conversation. So there's lots of different ways of having difficult conversations. And I remember as a young police officer getting some guidance on, on death messages. You know, I, I remember clearly the first death message I had ever had to give and it was to a father of a son who was killed on a motorbike and I went round on my own. We used to go do a lot of policing on our own in those days. And I remember knocking on the door. And there is something about opening the door to a police officer when you're not expecting it. And my mum my recounts a story of how they were doing some inquiries in her street. I think it was either around a car theft or a burglary. And there was a knock at the door and my mum opened the door seeing a police officer and immediately felt that the the worst had happened to me. That was her immediate <laughs> reaction. And, of course, the police officer's there just to do some inquiries, but you have that heart-stopping, heart-dropping moment when you realise that the police are at the door and suddenly you're not sure what the message is. And I remember, I remember that and I remember knocking on the door and... I wasn't. I didn't have anything prepared in my mind. I don't re- recall going through a conversation, and I'm going to talk about that as one of the ways of having a difficult conversation. But I remember that an an older officer, an older with a, an officer with more experience, sorry, had said to me, "You've got to be honest, Nick. You can't go in and beat around the bush. You can't say, oh, you know, your son's been hurt or there's been an accident, because people will know immediately from the fact that you're there." that something has happened unless they're a you know a criminal who is expecting a knock on the door because they're wanted and so are prepared but for a I'm going to say a normal member of the public in inverted commas which is somebody who doesn't have a a criminal history criminal background isn't expecting the police to be knocking on their door and and that advice I I took and it you know when you go to deliver the to deliver a death message to somebody it it becomes all about you in a, a sort of crazy way because you're worried about the impact that you're going to have. You're worried about how you're going to come across. And actually, the person that becomes in crisis, the person you deliver the message to, and we all react in different ways. A lot of people take time to process the information. A lot of people will react suddenly. A lot of people will have a huge reaction. Some will externalise it. Some will internalise it. You know, we're all different and we all react in different ways. But I guess my point is that when you're having a difficult conversation, there's a lot of honesty that has to be involved in it. So that's my first message is be honest in the conversation. I believe that honest conversations are the way forward. I've talked about this before. My background in relationships is not great. I'm 50. I've had a lot of relationships. Thankfully, now I am happily married. I've been in this relationship for six years and I'm incredibly content and incredibly grateful for that. But my background in relationships is not great. And I came out of a seven-year relationship, where which, w- which was a, a good relationship, but it was a friendship rather than a relationship. And it wasn't moving forward to where I wanted it to be. But because I wasn't honest in having a conversation, maybe even in the early days, the mid-days, it doesn't really matter. But because I wasn't honest in having that conversation, that relationship went on for a lot longer than perhaps it should have. I, 
who I mean hindsight is amazing isn't it? It, it, it is amazing but I remember coming out of that relationship and going why is this happening and the common denominator actually was me I was the common denominator in all of those relationships that hadn't worked and when I reflected on that some of it was because I had never said how I really felt I had never had the courage to say do you know what I'm just not sure this is isn't going to work or is going to work or how I felt and then something that wasn't big became bigger because I built it up in into my mind and perhaps you can relate to some of what I'm talking about and so I had to have a really long hard look at, at myself and realize that if I wanted a relationship that was a hundred percent me and the other person fully committed fully in it then those difficult conversations honest conversations had to be had and they had to be had in a certain way so obviously they wouldn't cause friction all the time and I'm very grateful that my partner and I have honest, I'd say honest because I don't find them difficult with them. But so we have lots of really good conversations about how we are both feeling. And absolutely, I am called out when I'm not responding in the correct and appropriate manner or I'm very emotionally driven. Absolutely. And it's great to it's great to be able to have that relationship where you can be so honest and call each other out not you know not in a negative way but say hey don't don't use that tone there that you're using with me because that's not right and sometimes i think we get caught up in relationships where we don't allow ourselves to have those conversations because we're frightened of the result or we know what the result is going to be and it's going to be a negative emotional impact and we don't want to have to face that today because it's tiring isn't it it's tiring and can be very wearing, wears us down when we have to constantly have conversational battles with the same person. And, and we don't have to do that. We can structure it in a different way. But when we're in it, it's hard to see that. It's difficult to see the right path to go down next or the right step to take next. And it's great to get guidance from a logical perspective rather than an emotional perspective. So the first thing that you know, we talked about is being honest. So have that ha- have that honesty, have that have that bravery or the courage to have an honest conversation. But you don't have to like go at it from a really emotional point of view. So the next point I'm going to make is own it. Is own it and take responsibility for how you're feeling. And by that I mean if I take that message, that death message as an example. So going along owning the message that you have to give so there is no point in knocking on the door walking and saying hey let's go um have a nice cup of tea let's have a chat or and just you're skirting around the whole issue so it's about owning it but it's also about owning your own feelings towards it so if you have to have a difficult conversation with somebody that you're in a relationship with whether that's and by relationship i don't necessarily mean uh, an intimate relationship it could be any sort of relationship it could be a relationship at work or um, whether you're a part of a team or as a manager, but it's a it's it's ownership. It's taking responsibility. And you hear a lot of conversations, and I I hear them especially with Meg, and I sometimes find myself doing it, and I notice it more now. So the thing about becoming more and more self-aware is you notice more about what you do, but you will also notice more about what other people do. And I've seen that there are a lot of adults that will step away from the responsibility as an immediate reaction to protect themselves now i get that i get and i understand why we do that because sometimes we're frightened of the consequences and i saw a lot of that when i was working in internal affairs people will automatically deny something that they've done as a protection mechanism 
whereby if they took responsibility for their actions and for their emotions at the time and said, do you know what, I made a terrible mistake, then it's a lot easier to deal with than somebody saying, no, I didn't do that. Or no, that didn't happen. And often when you let them reflect and come back to the question, you'll get a different answer. But it's that protection, it's the fear of the unknown, it's the fear of the consequences of what will happen if actually if I do take responsibility for this. So we own how we're feeling. So we don't tell people that they're making us feel a specific way. We don't tell people that it's their fault. We own the conversation, we own our feelings. And we can do that by, you know, by saying how we feel. I feel really frustrated, I feel really angry. I feel, I'm just telling you how I feel. I'm not giving you the blame for that and I'm taking responsibility for how I feel. And, and because I feel this way, it's really important to have this conversation. So we don't have to go headstrong, head on into it. We can take that responsibility for how we're feeling at the time, tell somebody how we're feeling, and then we can tell them why we're feeling that way. And it might be a simple misunderstanding, a miscommunication, and it often is. And it often is something else is going on in the background with the other person that we don't know about, so we just have to have a, a conversation around that, and then they're able to share their side of the story, and often we can resolve, resolve that's such a policey technique. <laughs> I'm just like, that is such police speak. You see, it's still there. It's still there even a year and a bit later, resolve. And we can sort it out. You know what I mean. We can sort it out. We can get to the heart of the matter, but we can only do that if we have that difficult conversation. So we're going to take ownership for it, and we're going to then proceed with it. But we're going to do it in a way that allows the other person to reflect on their emotions. Because remember, um, Batari's box, Batari's box is your attitude affects your behavior, affects my attitude, affects my behavior. And you see this all the time in everyday life. Um, you especially see it in, in policing. And you, uh, you know, being honest, you sometimes see that in, in colleagues when they're having a bad day and they'll approach a situation and they'll be a little bit more, uh, not, not aggressive, but more assertive than perhaps they might have been if they had been spoken to in a different way. So that's Batari's box. It's about your attitude and your behavior. So we accept how we're feeling for it. We own it. We take responsibility for it. And then we approach it in a way where we don't want an emotional response. So we're going to be logical and we're going to be factual. And if we're talking about somebody else's behavior, then we do that and explain the circumstances. So... For example, a way that perhaps wouldn't be great would be to say, every time I speak to you, you brush me off and just push me away. So that every time is, is, um, is huge, isn't it? Every time. Is it every time or is there a specific time? So think about a specific time when that has happened and then you can give the example. So I feel really frustrated when I come to speak to you about a change in a plan at work. And the reason I feel frustrated is because when I spoke to you last week and asked you to do something, I, I felt that you were quite negative towards it. You gave me quite a bit of pushback. And I don't know if there was something else going on in the background that was affecting that behavior. But I had to, I have to move forward with this project and I'd really like you to be on board. So that's just like a really quick, dirty example of how you could approach it the other thing is to think about the conversation so often we'll have conversations 
and we'll have difficult conversations without thinking about it beforehand. We'll pick up the phone, we'll type the email, we'll send the text message on an immediate emotional response kind of manner, rather than reflecting on what might be happening for the other person, what is actually happening for us, what, what triggers are being pushed for me, why am I beginning to feel this emotion, why is this actually difficult for me now if it's a relationship breakup for example it can just be the simple fact that it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right now you know you're going to get an emotional response to that you know that which makes it a difficult conversation especially if the other person doesn't want to break up and you are the person that does so you're going to own it you're going to own the fact that it's it's you that feels this way um, and it can be as simple as because it doesn't feel right now, you're not responsible for how that other person feels, by the way. They're responsible for that themselves. And I don't mean that in a cold and negative manner. I just mean it, it, it we can't be responsible for a, another person's feelings because we're just not the other person. So we're all responsible for our own feelings. So we own how we feel. So the, you have the conversation. And it doesn't have to be hurtful. And it doesn't have to be... In a, you know, if you dump somebody by text, ladies and gents, that is going to hurt more than having a face-to-face -face honest conversation, difficult conversation, in the long run. Whereas by if you're having the respect and showing kindness when you're doing it, because the relationship doesn't work, and a lot of relationships don't work because we're not all compatible with each other, but we can still show the other person respect by doing that in a respectful manner, which is generally normal face-to-face -face or on the telephone. And I'm not telling you how to end your relationships, by the way. Um, and believe you me, I have taken the easy option of text and letter because you don't see the emotion then, do you? And it's a lot easier. And sometimes if you're in a very emotional relationship or in a, in a very emotional place and you want to pour that out, then writing a letter is a good way of getting that out. And you don't have to send the letter, but once it's poured out and it's on a page, it's easier to see how you're feeling and what's making you feel that. So... Three ways. So take responsibility for it. Take responsibility for your own feelings. Um, have the conversation. Have the difficult conversation. Uh, practice what you're going to say. So find somebody who you trust, who's not going to suddenly go and tell the other person that you're thinking of having this conversation. <laughs> so find somebody who you trust and have an honest conversation with them and ask for feedback. And also re reflect on how the other person might react. So if you know them quite well, you probably already know what emotional response they're going to give to you. And so therefore, there, it might, there might be a different way of having that conversation. And finally, good luck. Good luck with that. I know it's not easy. I know we like to skirt around difficult conversations. I certainly do. There's many times I haven't done it in the right way. And then I, I will always feel regretful about that. And when I reflect back on different ways, I've had different difficult conversations. You know, there's always room for improvement. And we learn from every mistake that we make. Life is about learning from every mistake. It is. But it's for me, it's about treating people with kindness and respect, even if you have to deliver a difficult message, whatever that message is. So good luck. Please um, fire any questions at me that you have or any subject that you want me to cover. I look forward to speaking to you soon. And other than that, have an amazing day. Hey everybody, Nikki again. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for joining me. You can find me on social media at Nikki Comms Coach at Twitter and The Communication Coach on Facebook and thecommunicationcoach.co.uk. Please like, share and review 
and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you.